0: Is 52 Blocks Real? Let's find out. Self defense, self awareness, self development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast
1: with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of the martialist.net and philelmore.com. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. Back in 2010, I did an article about a fighting system that was becoming more and more known at the time. That was Jailhouse Rock, or 52 Blocks, or Closing Gates, or even Comstock, depending on who you talk to. Theoretically, it was used, at least in part, in that cool fight scene with Mel Gibson and Gary Busey in Lethal Weapon. Um, Depending on who you talk to, 52 Blocks is a lot of different things. But... Foremost in my mind when I wrote that article was, is this made up? Is this a real thing? Now, that was 13 years ago. A lot has happened since then. And when I read the article that I wrote in, in 2010, it was a little harsher than I probably would write today. I've definitely mellowed down through the years but my opinion remains unchanged. And while, uh, at the time it was said that 52 blocks was something that wasn't taught to white people because they were outside of the community where the system originated. I don't believe that's any longer the case by a long shot. There are lots of 52 blocks instructors out there who've put their material online for anyone to see and who have, you know, a racially diverse, student base. So you're going to hear the text of that article in this podcast, but of course, those claims no longer apply because uh, you know the system has opened up. But really, we still have to ask the question: Does the system really exist? And we're kind of playing a word game because even if the system didn't exist, it does exist. Um, if even if this was made up in you know the 1990s out of whole cloth and wasn't transmitted in any way from history, we still have some problems. There's a couple of different ways to look at this. If the system was made up in the 1990s by people in prison, that is still an origin story that that meshes with how the system is presented. If the system was passed down from black slaves from the time of slavery to now, that, of course, would be, let's call it the preferred origin story, the origin story that carries the most historical weight, for obvious reasons. Um, it's much the same, and I used this example in a recent interview, the example of Gerald Gardner and neo-paganism. Gerald Gardner arguably invented modern neo-paganism in the 1960s, when he came out and said, hey, I'm a part of a witchcraft tradition that goes back to pre-Christian times. He may have been lying. Whether or not Gerald Gardner's witchcraft tradition goes back to pre-Christian times is now not important because even if it didn't whether he was you know purporting to to do uh, or to explain how to do witchcraft the way he invented it you know uh, he recreated it or maybe even came up with it out of thin air or if he was imparting stuff that was taught to him that was handed down from the generations none of that matters because now all these years later you know a good uh, 60 years later That religion has value to people, has its own tradition, has been practiced for long enough that it is its own thing. So it doesn't matter what you think about the origins of neopaganism. And and I'm not rendering an opinion on that. Um, I don't think it's possible to know. Either modern neo-paganism is a recreation of paganism that extends to pre-Christian times, or it isn't. But it doesn't matter. Similarly, it kind of doesn't matter anymore If 52 blocks actually exists because it does we have it it is a system and there are people doing that system but we have to take with a grain of salt some of the claims made by people who are exponents of the system because as in anything in martial arts really all that matters is first of all yes is what you're doing effective and a lot of people will go to that like when you tell when someone makes claims about their background or their credentials or the history of their system And you say, I'm not sure I believe that. They will then say, well, fight me and I'll prove it to you. Well, just because you can beat me up doesn't prove that you're right about claims you've made about your past. It only proves that you can beat me up. So when people say, oh, just fight and settle it, that doesn't actually settle anything. There's no such thing as trial by combat in the world of logic. Either your claims hold up to scrutiny or they don't. You could be an excellent fighter, a powerful, skilled human being. Regardless of where you came by your skills, you could also claim that your martial art was taught to you by I don't know unicorn prophets from the beta dimension, you know, who spoke to you from the ether using your your childhood uh, Fisher Price telephone as the vessel whereby they spoke to you. All of that is nonsense. But it, you know, if you if you can beat me up, does that mean it's true? No, it will never mean it's true. So. When we, when we evaluate a martial art, we have to look at lots of different things. Some of them don't matter, and some of them do. I would say that when it comes to 52 blocks, if what you're learning is effective, and, and let's say it's been handed down from uh, you know, inner-city instructors for the last 20 years, or the last 30 years even, I, I would think probably the outer envelope for 52 blocks is about 30, 35, maybe 40 years if this comes from the 90s. Could it go back older than that? Maybe. My working theory is that this was, you know, devised starting in the 1990s and grew exponentially in popularity since then, because it sounds cool. Uh, That was the thesis of my article then. It's still my opinion now. But before we get into that, I want to explain to you why we're talking about this now again, all these years later. Recently, I did an interview with Chris Champion and uh, uh, Chris Champion of the Raven Fighting System on his channel. We do a coffee talk show there where we talk about entertainment and stuff that's fun and interesting. And Chris wanted to talk martial arts. I would uh, urge you to go over there and uh, subscribe to his channel. It is criminally undersubbed, as is mine. If you're not subscribed, please do so. Um, But subscribe to the channel, check out the videos there. And the video where we talk about 52 blocks That is part of a greater conversation. That was not really the primary point of contention. We were talking about a much larger subject. So watch the whole thing. But I'm going to play for you right now a clip of that interview. Um, And you'll be able to tell that it's the clip because there's both of us talking. Although sometimes I worry that I talk a little too much and poor Chris is having trouble getting a word in edgewise. (laughs) Sorry, man. So anyway, here's that clip. Uh, That we've seen a resurgence of. And that is prison-based martial arts. And, um, well, let's start with something that you have have looked at a lot, and that is the system called 52 Blocks. If
0: I'm, that is what it's called, right? Yeah. Okay, what can you give us? Because I know next to nothing.
1: the, The problem with calling 52 Blocks a system is that it wasn't even though it is. And and by that I mean when people first started talking about 52 Blocks, there was this elaborate mythology attributed to it uh, wherein supposedly 52 Blocks was a prison-based martial arts system that had been been handed down inside the prison system from prisoner to prisoner and and eventually had gotten out. So it's not like everyone who is a 52 Blocks practitioner necessarily has… A direct link to the prison system, you know, they learned from someone else who did something like that. And then I've even seen the mythology go as far back as well. This was a system handed down from slaves who, uh, you know, passed it on to other people who ended up in the prison system and it promulgated there. And the problem with all of those assertions is, one, there is no discrete system. There's there's no body of techniques you can point to and say that this is definitively 52 blocks, but this isn't. Uh, because everyone you talk to is different, and there are certain prominent practitioners of 52 blocks, people like Light Burley and and other um, sort of exponents of the system, who will tell you the system involves this or the system involves that. But there are other people you talk to, and it, it could range. From, it looks like anything from a very sloppy boxing technique to something involving like trapping and almost Jeet Kune Do, to everything in between. So it's very hard to pin down. It is in some ways a very amorphous blob of a body of techniques that gets applied to certain methodologies. And the the same could be said for like, say Krav Maga. Krav Maga (laughs) is essentially a catch-all term for literally any martial arts that someone from Israel seems to be doing at this moment. So to say that, a body of techniques is or is not Krav Maga is really hard to pin down. Um, and, and, you know, there may be some general similarities across the different people performing under that banner. So 52 mm-hmm. blocks is in, in much the same way, very hard to define. Um, I wrote an article that got a lot of grief down through the years because I said, look, 52 blocks does not exist. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't people today claiming to teach it. I'm saying that. As a system, it is simply not believable or credible to think that a body of discrete techniques were passed down from person to person, from pre-slavery times to now, or even from earlier from from now in the prison system. Do, Do prisoners learn bad things from each other? Certainly they do. But there is no such thing as a coherent body of techniques or systems being taught from prisoner to prisoner. Because... It just isn't that formal it's just not that way and the reason so much of it ends up looking like sloppy boxing or dirty boxing as is often as it's often termed is because boxing is what people do when left to their own devices boxing is how people fight each other yeah so you know if you if you took some people who'd never heard of martial arts in any way lived in some sort of vacuum where nobody had ever been taught anything about crashing their fists into each other and you gave them cause to fight eventually what they would end up doing would look a lot like boxing i'm pretty yeah. much convinced. okay you're back with just phil now we're done with the clip if you're listening to this on audio so that clip as part of the larger conversation apparently angered a few people online one guy in particular recorded an entire instagram video essentially complaining that we dared to have the conversation at all that you know how dare we presume to know uh because we we don't know because we weren't there and I'll grant you, I have never received any 52 blocks instruction. But even if I had, that would mean nothing in terms of the claims of the system's history. Um, I've mentioned before, and you'll hear it in the um, in the audio of the article, the system of haikuda, which was invented by a guy named Lee Kroll in the 1990s, coincidentally. Um, haikuda claimed to be the ancient uh, Egyptian pharaoh's bodyguard's uh, martial art. It wasn't. It never was. So even if I had received instruction in Haikuda in the 1990s from Lee Kroll himself, that would not make the claims of the system's heritage real. So I'm going to go ahead and play for you audio of the article from 2010. Uh, I have changed the pitch so you'll be able to tell that you're listening to the text of that
0: article. So here we Fifth go. The 52 Blocks, or Jailhouse Rock, Posted on 15 May, 2010. 52 Blocks, Jailhouse Rock Known by these and other names, such as Comstock or Closing Gates, 52 Blocks is alleged by those who promulgate its myth to be a prison fighting system, a martial art practiced in the penal system of the United States, either developed within its walls or brought to them by unjustly imprisoned descendants of African slaves. The assertion begs the question, just what is 52 Blocks, and does it really exist? Despite the ardent declarations of those who propagate the myth of jailhouse rock, the truth of 52 Blocks lies in an honest examination of human nature in the context of what is realistically feasible and likely. 52 Blocks first came to public attention in the late 1990s, thanks to Douglas Century, author of the book Street Kingdom, Five Years Inside the Franklin Avenue Posse. In the book, Century describes his friendship over the course of a few years with a former criminal and would-be rap star named Big K. It is in this profanity-laced narrative, in which the identities of those involved are disguised with aliases, that 52 Blocks or Jailhouse Rock is described. Century followed this up in August 2001 with a feature article in Details magazine called Ghetto Blasters, Born in Prison, Raised in the Hood, The Deadly Art of 52 Blocks is Brooklyn's Baddest Secret. The style was also profiled in the New York Times in July of 2009. The article explains that several instructors have emerged who now publicly teach what author Justin Porter called a quasi-martial art, Porter charitably allows that because 52 Blocks exists practically as an oral tradition, its history is a bit murky. This is a polite way of saying that no one can or will give you a straight answer or any substantiating evidence of 52 Blocks' lineage. Regardless of these mentions in the media, if any single man could be held responsible for promulgating the popular myth of 52 Blocks or Jailhouse Rock, it would probably be Dennis Newsom. Newsom is notable because he consulted on the mix of fighting styles used by Mel Gibson in the movie Lethal Weapon, some of which supposedly include elements of 52 Blocks. Profiled by the San Diego Tribune in 2004, Newsom was described by staff writer Gil Griffin, quoting martial artist Darrell Sargent, as one of the pioneers of African martial arts. Newsom, as explained by Griffin, claims his father and grandfather taught him a type of leg wrestling passed down from African slaves in the Americas. In a series of interview questions and answers reproduced at stickgrappler.tripod.com, to whom we are grateful for the considerable research done on 52 Blocks, which made compiling this report considerably easier, Newsom claims that 52 Blocks, or jailhouse rock, originated in Africa and possibly comes from the same parent art as capoeira. As the story goes, when evil whites began jailing freed black slaves as a form of racial persecution, inmates who knew this martial art passed it on to others, and as they did so, the martial art evolved. According to Newsom, Jailhouse Rock comprises multiple styles, developed in different places and under different conditions, and thus each of these incorporate different techniques. These techniques range from striking to wrestling, using the hands, elbows, knees, headbutts, and some low kicks. Practitioners of Jailhouse Rock supposedly learn in-depth knowledge of pressure points and vital striking areas, as well as foot sweeps and gangsta locks, which Newsom equates to trappings such as in Wing Chun or Jeet Kune Do. According to Newsom, 52 Blocks, or Jailhouse Rock, is an underground system. Unless you go to jail, hang out in underground fighting circles, or are family to an ex-con, you'll never learn it, and if you are a white guy, nobody will teach it to you. As Newsom's interviewer, identified only as Dempsey, wrote, The art is the art of the African who needs it for survival. Much like the Asians decades ago who would not teach outside their race, the analogy is that you do not give your enemy your best weapon. In other words, jailhouse rock is a racist, racially determined system in which all of you who are white are not in prison, uh, excuse me, all of you who are white and not in prison are the enemy. This would be offensive if not for the fact that the system simply doesn't exist. To believe that it does, we have to believe a series of increasingly unlikely propositions. First we are asked to believe that a people sold into slavery and shipped across the ocean to serve as slaves in the United States somehow managed to transmit the coherent body of a complex, technically diverse martial arts system to their children, their children's children, and their children for generations, all under the watchful eye of slave owners who would not be eager to have their property learning to fight. There are those who would have you believe that these offensive and defensive moves were disguised as dance, but while this might be believed of flowing, rhythmic styles like capoeira, it is far less likely that Jailhouse Rock's progenitors could have so disguised this system of fighting. Second, we are told we must accept the absurd notion that the entire, that entire systems of fighting, not one, not some, but many, are being transmitted and taught from inmate to inmate in an extensive web of prison instruction despite the fact that such activities would surely be discouraged by prison officials. Yes, we do have grainy footage of inmates teaching their fellow felons sloppy martial arts moves or other criminal methods such as during time in prison yards. But these isolated incidents are a far cry from the fully realized, technically complex instruction we are asked to believe is taking place. Violence does occur in prison, yes, but it takes only moments to stab or rape a fellow prisoner. It takes considerably more time to impart the details of an intricate martial arts system to another person, and especially to successive generations of other persons, all while in the strictly controlled environment of the penal system. For that matter, if the system is so varied, so different, so determined by context, then there is no system at all, just a loose collection of technically diverse underground martial arts that have nothing to tie them together except that they are alleged to be practiced in prisons and by ex-cons. So what prompts those who claim to have seen, to know or even to teach 52 Blocks to further this myth? Fighters like Mike Tyson and Kimbo Slice have been alleged to know it and have exhibited it. UFC fighter Rashad Evans has called it dirty boxing, taken to the next level. Various rappers have cited it in their lyrics. There is no shortage of people, such as on YouTube, who are only too eager to describe their own experiences with it, even going so far as to demonstrate techniques. The single biggest component of this drive to lay claim to 52 Blocks is that people think it's cool. This is a function of popular culture. For years, Hollywood has fed us a steady diet of movies that glorify and horrify prison life. To study or even to have seen a prison fighting style is to mint your own street cred, cementing your place among incarcerated, penal system hardened badasses. Urban culture glorifies thuggery and criminality, upholding it as glamorous and as a shortcut to wealth and power. This alone is enough to spur people to get in on the shared delusion of jailhouse rock. Then, too, there are those eager to lay claim to a cultural history of some distinction, just as there are those who try and fail to link contemporary urban culture to the ancient society of Egypt, asserting that an African martial art has survived and been disseminated in America's prisons fulfills the same need to identify cultural significance and differentiate it from Western culture. The heaviest irony here is that all of these people claiming to have seen or to teach a fictitious African martial art have, in effect, caused it to exist. Remember the martial art of haikuta? Coincidentally marketed as the fighting style of the ancient Roman pharaoh's bodyguards, haikuta was invented in the 1990s by a man named Lee Crawl. A few years later, Krull passed away, but at least two of his students continued to teach the haikuta system, a style that never really existed, has become a second generation fighting system which, if its practitioners continue to certify succeeding instructors, will have come into being from nothing, all because one wheezing old man thought it would be fun to say so. Likewise, regardless of the true provenance of the techniques they teach as 52 Blocks or Jailhouse Rock, those instructors claiming to impart it to their racially pure student bodies or to and from their fellow felons and ex-convicts have created a self-fulfilling prophecy. The fiction of Jailhouse Rock is now realized as a living, breathing style because there are people who say so regardless of the truth. In so doing, they've breathed life into the lie of 52 Blocks and helped further the popular culture imagery associated with street criminals and thugs, for good or for ill.
1: All right, uh, that was
0: the article. Uh,
1: it, I, I've mellowed a little. I don't know as I would be quite so harsh. And of course, clearly, the idea of a, a, a racially pure student base is no longer applicable. So that's good. I mean, that's a good thing. Um, I still, though... <laughs> I have my issues with eh, sort of the tenor of any, any response to criticism of 52 Blocks history. You'll note that I've never offered an opinion on how effective 52 Blocks is as a fighting style. The stuff that I've seen online, a lot of it looks great. You know, a lot of the stuff that I've seen involves, it's both boxing, it's a, you know, it's a looser, sloppier boxing, but it's boxing and there's nothing wrong with that. And then uh, there's a lot of close-in elbow work and a lot of stuff that is very um, akin to uh, blocking and trapping and, you know, Wing Chun and Jeet Kune Do and stuff like that. Maybe that's where those influences come from. Um, so what I've seen makes it look like a pretty effective fighting system. And if you had uh, access to somebody who was teaching you these things in person, there is no reason not to learn it. But if we can't be honest about where things come from, and more importantly, if we get upset when people start questioning the origin stories, that points to a problem of temperament. It points to, like, you're being defensive over something you needn't be defensive about. Okay, I don't believe the origin story for your martial art, whatever the martial art is. Who cares? Um, my only interest when it comes to martial arts background stories Whether or not a system is real, meaning, does this really exist in this form? Did it really come from where it says it came from? My only interest in that is, is it plausible? Because really, if we weren't there, we can't know. So, is it plausible that Haikuta came from the ancient Egyptian pharaoh's bodyguards? No, it is not. I will gladly bet you $10,000 that you cannot provide any substantiating evidence whatsoever that Haikuta, as taught in Lee Kroll's book on Haikuta, has anything to do with anything the ancient Egyptians were doing. It just doesn't. It's not plausible. Um, I think, is it Christopher Clugston who was purporting to teach some sort of Roman gladiator fighting system? It's not. It never was, and it doesn't have to be. I mean, what he's teaching, you know, any kind of mixed martial art or or grappling system, that's pretty easily tested by whether or not the actual grappling works. You know, there's a reason that in the world of martial arts frauds, you don't see too many in the world of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. There there are a few people who will inflate their credentials, but they're pretty easily found out and exposed. You know, in in any martial art where you're not just sparring, but you're actually doing randori, you're actually, you know, applying the legitimate full-speed techniques of the system on people and then, you know, letting up before you break something when they tap those systems are very easily ferreted out in terms of are they effective or are they not. So, you know, in terms of the ancient gladiator wrestling system, clearly it's not from the ancient Romans. You don't have to pretend that it is. Is it effective is one question. You know, you didn't waste your time learning it if it can actually be used to defend yourself. But if you had to lie or exaggerate about where it comes from, that's where I have an issue. I don't know, call me weird I think it matters when we start telling tall tales. I think it matters that we acknowledge that reality is reality. Some systems are so old that their origin stories are clearly mythology. We have no way of knowing if they're real, and we never will. So the, the myth goes that Wing Chun Kung Fu was invented by a woman. And that is why its techniques are particularly well suited to somebody who is smaller taking on somebody who is larger. Because on average, a woman would be smaller than the people she's fighting. Well, okay, there's no way to know if that's real and it doesn't matter. And no one teaching Wing Chun will tell you, you should learn it because this myth is completely true. Now, I guess somebody might say, well, you know, you're, uh, hello, young lady. You should learn Wing Chun because legend has it Wing Chun was invented by a woman and it, so it's very particularly suitable for people of smaller stature. That's fine, but no one is claiming that the origin story actually matters. So I think if somebody finds value in a system, that's great, but when we start defensively uh, taking up for our system and saying don't you dare, don't you dare criticize that there's something wrong with you you're a mean bad person who should feel bad for being mean and bad because you said you don't believe my origin story that's a problem so one of the defenses for I have said like if 52 is literally anything then it's nothing if, if the system can be anything because it, it has so many varied and different influences then how do we define it because it's its own thing every single time you know, because there is no coherent system at its core, driving this teaching, it's individuals doing their own thing and calling it the same name. In that way, uh, 52 blocks, if that's what's happening, if it's multiple people passing on some kind of fighting ability, and wherever they got it from, however they pass it on, they're now calling it 52 blocks, maybe because they're involved with the prison system, maybe because they live in the inner city or in some urban environment, um, If that's what's happening, it's closer to Krav Maga, which Krav Maga isn't a thing. There is no one martial art called Krav Maga. Krav Maga is basically Israeli for uh, martial arts. It can mean almost anything. And, you know, whether or not somebody calls their system Krav Maga has no bearing on what you'll actually learn. That doesn't mean that I'm a mean, bad person who's picking on all of Krav Maga. It just means that Uh, calling something Krav Maga doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. It doesn't really pin down what you're actually going to be learning. You have this vague idea that it's going to be quick and easy to learn and relatively practical. Beyond that, you know almost nothing. Uh, What are you doing? I'm doing Krav Maga. I've told you nothing. Almost. So in that way, uh, it's kind of a dodge to claim that the reason 52 blocks always looks different is because there's all these lineages. You know they, 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 they there 's this core system that was workshopped down through the decades by the nation 's prison population, and in that in that development, the single greatest workshopping of a martial art that would ever have taken place in history you 'll forgive me if i don 't think the nation 's felons were that applied to this scientific endeavor. I think they had other concerns surviving in prison, but that 's just me we 're meant to believe that the offshoots the many different lineages are somehow comparable to thousands of years of martial arts development that resulted in different lineages of different martial arts that have uh differences in their systems you know that one of the examples that the uh, fellow on instagram used was you know there's all these karate styles and they're all different and they're all different lineages and he basically said the only reason you're not calling them fake but you're calling me fake is because my system is by black people therefore anyone who criticizes him is a racist I'm like, no, if you look at all karate everywhere, you can identify it as karate. There's differences in the lineages. Sure, there's differences in the systems. If you look at all Wing Chun anywhere, you can tell that it's Wing Chun, even though some of them do things slightly differently because of their lineages. Um, My interest is not in the fact that there is variations. My interest is in whether or not people telling me stories about where the system comes from are telling me stories that are plausible or not. So... I don't think it is a tenable argument to say that 52 Blocks consists of multiple lineages but at its core it's all mostly the same thing. Well alright, if, if 52 Blocks always has certain components in common and everything else is just individual variations what are those components? And Mind you, if those components are basically stuff that is shared by multiple other martial arts, by boxing, which is my contention, uh, or by, you know, several other much more common martial arts, if those are the things they have in common, then you're not making a case for the existence of 52 blocks as its own separate and discrete thing. What you're actually making a case for is the fact that martial arts knowledge somehow atomized, sometimes in part, you know, however it is, is chunked up and, and passed along in whole or in part. That martial arts knowledge gets passed along in prison systems just like it gets passed along in other environments that i could believe you know we know for a fact that prisoners teach each other bad stuff so that after you come out of federal prison you're probably worse than when you went in in terms of your ability to do crime some people actually rehabilitate in there too crazy thought i don't think it's something to be proud of to say, I have spent this number of years involved in the prison system. More power to you if you've become a productive member of society since. But, uh, you know, this this myth of the noble convict, like, yes, you we can all learn a lot from people who've been in dangerous situations. And I have a lot of respect for people who do wrong, learn from their mistakes, do their time, and come out determined to do something better with their lives. That's great. But don't be proud of it. Don't be proud of the time you spent in prison, because you went there for a reason. You know, I am not one of these believers in the idea that the overwhelming majority of felons in our prisons were sent there unjustly. Usually when you go to prison, it's because you did a crime and we found out about it. So it bothers me, this thought that, you know, the system can be anything, anywhere, anytime. It can look like anything. And yes, it has components in common, and it's just a coincidence that those components it has in common are the components any martial art would have in common if it was passed down, you know, in some isolated society from generation to generation. There's just, there's too many implausibilities for me to recognize that a system that became Jailhouse Rock was passed down through the generations in any kind of coherent way. It's not plausible. Uh... But so what? You know, why does me, one guy, not believing in the origins of your system, throw you into spasms of outrage? Why should it? For that matter, Chris and I had this conversation on a podcast that at the time had about 25 subscribers. So if you're capable of being thrown into a, a fit of outrage because two dudes talking to an audience of 25 people happen to say they didn't believe in the origin of your system, maybe shoot a little higher in terms of the critics that you want to get upset about. Um, I am used to people not liking my opinions. Uh, I've had them all my life. (laughs) And there are always people who get upset when you express your opinion. But what do you care if I don't believe you? I haven't said you can't fight. I haven't said that you're ripping people off and they shouldn't learn from you said that I don't believe that the system is real. But that loops back around to the fact that even though the system wasn't real, it's real now. The system exists now because there are people teaching it. What are you going to get? Well, you're going to have to find that out on an individual case-by-case basis. Because there is no way to tell you ahead of time what that 52 blocks is going to look like when you learn it. It's going to be individually based. I'm willing to bet that in a lot of cases what you learn will be worthwhile. So, if you're worried that I'm trying to harm your ability to teach 52 Blocks, fear no more. I have no problem with that. What I have a problem with is two things. One, telling tall tales about the origin of a system, because I just don't think it's plausible. I just don't believe it. And two, declaring that any and all criticism of your system or its origins must be racist. I'm sorry... But the moment at which you accuse me of being a racist for not agreeing with you is the moment at which you lose me. And uh, when I say lose me, I mean that's the moment at which I'm done giving you basic respect. You don't get to accuse me of being a racist for disagreeing with you. And if you have a problem with me on that basis, I don't care. To hell with you and to hell with anyone who thinks like you if in your opinion, anyone who dares to say otherwise than what you speak is somehow a racist. I I don't want to be, you know, the, the Democrats are the real racist. But the fact is, if you're running around declaring everybody who doesn't agree with you is a racist, you're a racist. You're a person who sees the world through the lens of race. That's what racism is. And racism, in my opinion, is stupid. Because it untethers the individual from reality. You're no longer looking at reality in an objective way. You're looking at reality through a jaundiced lens wherein everything has some sort of racial motive. If I get bad service in a restaurant, it must be because of the color of my skin. Um, I'll let you in on a little secret. It's not really a secret. I lived for more than a decade in an all-black neighborhood. I have known what it is to fear for your life because your skin was the wrong color. I have watched a person look at me across the counter at a dollar store in the middle of the hood take my receipt from the register crush it and drop it in front of me all while making eye contact because I was white. Outside that same store I looked down and saw candles and teddy bears and a little wreath And I realized I was standing on the site of where a young man was murdered for his sneaker money. And I thought to myself, I should stop coming here. So, yes, I know what it's like to be in the minority. So there's no question of white privilege or anything else here. If you want to turn your martial art into a platform for hating someone on the basis of race, you've lost me. And I'm sorry You're not going to get any respect from me or any regard. I'm willing to take everybody as they come. I'm willing to just, you know, live and let live these days. I'm pretty mellow. But where I get a little upset is when people start throwing around accusations of racism. So, does 52 Blocks exist? It didn't, and it doesn't in terms of its origin story, but it does now. The system has been... A self-fulfilling prophecy enough people started calling what they were doing 52 blocks so that 52 blocks is a thing and if they keep doing it a hundred years from now no one will be having this conversation about whether or not 52 blocks is real they will be talking about 52 blocks and you know it will have mythological origins but enough time will have gone by that it won't matter so I'm not sure we've answered the question is 52 blocks real and I'm not sure the answer matters But I am quite certain that people who become defensive and hostile and racist when you dare to ask questions probably have some soul-searching to do. And that's all I have to say about that. Sorry, that was very Forrest Gump. Um, (laughs) That'll do it for this episode of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Until next time,
0: pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree